Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Off the Post. I'm Russ Cohen. We've got Anthony Mangione. Ant, how are you? I managed to get home without uh, huh. getting uh, spear pointed by a branch flying at 50 miles an hour. So I think I'm a, I think I'm doing okay today. Yeah, I've got a giant branch, at least one down in the yard that I know of. Uh, it, it won't look pretty in the morning, that's for sure. And uh, Mike, how are you? Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, I'm fine. I had a foot of snow on the top of my car as I drove away this afternoon, and lo and behold, when I got to the throughway, it was gone. There you go. <laughs> so some magically it disappeared. Lady, some poor old lady behind Mike got like, you know, flew off and it just hit her windshield as she's trying to drive right behind him. Just cursing <laughs> cursing cursing him all the way up and down the highway. Yeah, yeah I, there's no question. There's no question about that. So before we get into the trades, real quick I I wanted to mention I I will be at the Stadium Series game tomorrow. The game will start on time at eight o'clock. <laughs> the Toronto media now like led with like a pitchfork and, and a torch by Mike trying to say how awful the weather will be tomorrow. Whereas if you had just looked at the national weather service, you'd realize all this will be gone way before tomorrow night. But Mike, go ahead. Tell me why I shouldn't leave the house tomorrow. No, this isn't the Toronto media. This is the NHL because they released a statement about six o'clock saying, despite high winds hitting Annapolis today, you know, preparations are continuing for the game, but they will review tomorrow at 1.30 p.m., so they're leaving it open. Oh, stop. They're just, they're just being precautionary. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, my God. Whatever. And do you have a, uh, an opinion on this? Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I get why they want to at least have uh, at least things in play because then everybody's going to ask if there's something that that is unexpected. Um, what the parameters will be for if they have to move things off. So I I, I'm, I I think it's fine. And by the way, the makeup game will be Sunday Sunday afternoon. So yeah, there won't be a makeup game. Trust me. <laughs> All right. Anyhow, so we get into the to the trades and like we could just go around table and talk about what we think is pretty good impact from some of them. And, you know, I'll go, I'll definitely talk about the Boston trades, you know, Nash went there, Holden went there. Um, and one of the guys that came back was Ryan Spooner. And I told people in New York and even Kevin Allen felt like this, well, Ryan Spooner is going to get retraded, and I'm like, no, no, he's not. He's actually going to get a shot at center in New York. And tonight, lo and behold, he um, he had a faceoff where he just shot it on net, and Kevin Hayes knocked it in. His sixth point in three games, and that's that's a pretty good fit so far. So far, yeah. I mean, my focus obviously for them is more on on uh, on on. on uh... 
on some of the other moves that they made. But Spooner's, yeah. I think Spooner's a solid ad. There's no question about that. I think he's, he has utility, I think, for the uh, Rangers is probably the best way I can put it. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And and the interesting thing is, Mike, I um, you know, I checked in with uh, with Ty Anderson, and and he said, you know, Nash looks great for them, and certainly with Krejci finding chemistry with them, that's true. And Nick Holden looks good on the left side, which is something where, again, Ranger fans know John Tortorella and Elaine Vigneault, they're notorious for switching guys out of their comfort zone in normal position. And, you know, Holden had played right side forever and not great. And so everybody got used to that. Now that he's on his natural side, he's playing better. But he's a right-hand shot, though. So, I mean, it's weird that his natural side is playing left deep. He's a right-hand shot, and that's probably why there was a lot of confusion or maybe the fact that he's, you know, just, you know, there there are right-hand shots who are not comfortable playing right deep. But, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he's sort of, sort of an extra piece. I, mean, I think the big piece, obviously, is Nash with, with the Bruins. And, and as Ty said, you know, he's having an impact. I know that I talked to a Boston reporter last week before the deadline, and he essentially said, you know, that team has played so well and nothing, you know, it's a sort of cohesive unit. And he was fearful of Nash coming in and maybe disrupting that, not because Nash is a disruptive force, but just, you know, it was a tight group and losing Spooner wasn't that big of a deal. Bringing Nash into the locker room he thought might be, but so far, so good. Yep, so far, so good. And I told people, and I and hopefully the word's gotten through, like, Ryan Lindgren's a really good defenseman. He, he's not going to put up major points, but no. guy can, he he could really play. He could, his, his backward skating is so good. Like I've I've watched him the last three years in in different situations, like twelve, thirteen games, and he could flat out play. So that's that's another good pickup. And O'Gara's playing too, and he will be a bottom pair guy for them. Like he'll be like a six for them. So they they did get not eighteen year old defenseman, but twenty year old defenseman. Yeah, and I like and Lindgren. I think is gonna. I think he projects out to a uh, second pair of defenseman. I think at the NHL level, uh, could be someone yeah. that's can play. Maybe a little, maybe a little higher than that. But I, 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 I right now, I think, uh, I, I think a three to four, I think, is a uh, a possibility for him. Might be more of a four or five. But again, as long as you come up with an an NHL player who can be, you know, a a, a productive player for you, that in that's I, I like that part of the trade for him certainly. Yeah, no doubt. So, so we, you know, it's one of these trades where it really was good for both sides, and that's the interesting part about it because most of the time, you know, usually fans are pretty divisive about it, and one fan base will troll the other. But, like, this is an odd situation where both fan bases are actually happy or at least acting like they're happy. So, to me, that's that's a good one. So, Ant, what's one that you want to talk about? Well, certainly the other trade, obviously, uh, which hit us all over the head right right around four o'clock, obviously, also involving the Rangers. Uh, Ryan McDonough heading to the Lightning. Um, really do like the return um, for the Rangers. Actually, I, I like Holden specifically. Like, uh, I mean, the, the centerpiece of Howden, the deal yeah. to me is Namstikov, but they also get a 2018 first round pick. Um, although yep. it obviously it'll be high, be but it can potentially and also conditional second round pick. I I really do really a fan of the return for New York. That being said, 
Tampa was already on my short list for a Stanley Cup contender, adding a adding <laughs> adding a McDonough to your blue line, as well as a JT Miller yeah. to your uh, to your bottom six. Really, I have a tough time actually looking at any other team in the uh, in the Eastern Conference right now. I mean, I'm sure there's a possibility. I think you know, but I, I just look at the Lightning and they're just stacked. They are stacked. <laughs> they're just stacked. And it would be really, to me, surprising, especially after this trade, getting up a defensive of the quality of Ryan McDonough added to their blue line. If they don't win the, uh, if they don't represent the East this year, I'll be genuinely surprised. Although I'll tell you that um, I think it was Dallas. They played Dallas yesterday, mm-hmm. and they had a surefire goaltender interference. And boy, <laughs> uh, it really looked like it. Um, it was and. Cooper just went crazy, and he just, um, you know, he he was screaming, cursing and screaming, and so they're going to be they're they're one of the teams to watch for sure in the playoffs. Mike, what's your thoughts? Well, on that deal, I mean, I I, I think it it I mean we questioned Tampa's defense uh, going into the deadline and how how necessary it was going to be for them to get a top four. I don't think you could have gotten much better than, than McDonough at the deadline. Uh, they did give up a hefty price, but that organization is so stacked with prospects, I don't think it's going to hurt them. But having Hedman Strawman on one pair, if that they continue to go with that, and then McDonough and maybe maybe Girardi on the second pair or Sergachev, I mean, it, it, I think, it, yeah. it deepens think... and lengthens their defense, and that, that's a big thing for them. If anything, yeah. actually, the way I look at it as well from their perspective is that if they don't, because again, Sergacha is kind of getting a little bit of um, more short shrift of late because I think he's kind of hit the wall a little bit as a rookie. Right. Um, and you could potentially shelter him when he gets back on third pairing. But I think ultimately, long term, you'd love to see, uh, I would love to see McDonough and Sergacha together. Again, Girardi is what he is at this point of his career, he's solid. But uh, and not as I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be. But um, he has his moments, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> no but question, this year but, it's been a bounce back year for him. But, I, think, but, but I, I could see him being. Uh, I can definitely see him being uh, if he does get paired with McDonald, which I think is likely. I think you could see a little bit of uh, of a rejuvenation for him potentially playing with his old partner. Yeah, no doubt. Anything to get Schuster out of the lineup because I think he's a. They won't. I'm telling you, Cooper will make sure Schuster is in yeah. the lineup, Mike. Yeah, you know this. Because he's one of his favorites. He'll play Corey yep. Conacher, even though they have better yep. forwards. Conacher got a big goal last night. Oh, overtime, right? he took the words right out of my mouth, and he Sorry. got it on, and he got it on on the man he was traded for. He did. He did. <laughs> but these things happen. Uh, J.T. Miller does have a couple points already with Tampa. Not surprised. Yeah. He'll, he'll be able to play a nice gritty game for them. And Domestikov looked great the other night for the Rangers because now he's sort of, I think, he's unshackled a bit, and so. Again, you know, that one works out well for everybody. All right. So I'll bring up a complete head-scratcher, and mm-hmm. I don't know what the score is right this moment. Maybe Michael will tell us, but I know the Islanders were losing to, to the Canadians. So I guess Chris Wagner for Jason Shamara really isn't going to help him. And, <laughs> you know, this is one where I, did, I totally Shock. questioned. I know. I totally questioned why they signed Jason Shamara in the first place. And then the fact that he that he dealt him, and then he you know <laughs> he dealt him for like a guy that's really not going to have that much of a role with his team trying to make the playoffs. Like it's just, and Garth Snow at the it's whole Garth, deadline, yeah. Davidson it's, included, just puzzling. Yeah. 
It's a it's a Garth, it, the phrase I would use is it's a Garth Snow special. I mean, yeah. both feels were snow, you know, or or the someone we know would say uh, more of a snow job. But yeah. um, in this uh, circumstance, again, I, I have nothing against Brandon Davidson. Again, he's a depth no. defenseman. It's just the Islanders are one of those teams that needs a lightning bolt in their rear end, and yeah. and their GM needs to provide it for them. Um, getting someone, I think, that would give them a bigger bite and 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 make people more believe them to be more of a serious contender than they are. And both deals don't really do much for me. Wagner's an okay player, but it just has that feeling of, you know, the Shane Prince trade from, you know, a year ago. I, I think Prince is okay. It was okay in and of himself, but in terms of him having an overall major shakeup impact that would really kind of get the Islanders projected forward. Not really. Um, well, Halak gave I, up six tonight, or maybe five exactly, in an empty net. Yeah, five five yeah, in an empty net. Halak is the ultimate street goaltender. He can be absolutely. He could be. He and he and Michael Neuvirth might as well share the same apartment. <laughs> yeah. Does that mean they both wear like Milex street pads or something like that? Because yeah, yeah. game I'll, on. <laughs> I, I I considered the Islanders some the the biggest loser at the deadline simply because you know. Their goaltending is crap. It's been crap for most of the year. Halak, you know, Halak has had his moments at times. Grice as well, but inconsistency throughout the year. There were goaltenders available at the deadline, namely a guy like Robin Leonard, who I'm surprised didn't get traded by the Sabers. They didn't get him. They did. They stood pat with their goaltending, and then they didn't improve on defense. And they have enough young forwards that they really didn't need. But they, the two areas of need that they, they really had to address, they didn't. And no wonder there are billboards around uh, uh, Brooklyn and the Barclays Center. I'm surprised it's not three billboards. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> about that too. But, yeah, so, all right, we leave the Islanders alone because as we speak, they're just they're dropping out of it on their own. Okay, so let's talk about the Blackhawks trade. The Blackhawks get a first-round pick. They give up Ryan Hartman. Like, that pick has caused so much discussion. And, and I hear, and again, the funny thing is, and this is where you can't take some of this information seriously, after the trade you hear, oh, yeah, Hartman's not getting along with Coach Q. And I'm like, when, where was this headline even for the last month before the deadline? Nowhere. So all of a sudden the trade happens, and then all of a sudden you see this, and it's almost like a makeup for the Blackhawks. Like, like yes, we're we're gonna somebody's gonna float this, not from the Blackhawks, but just fan wise, so it doesn't look so bad. Because to me, it just looked like, hey, they can't sign them; they're gonna take what they can get out of this. But they got shellacked on that trade. There's no way around it. Nashville added an important piece. No, absolutely. It's a, I mean, you got it. This is a divisional opponent um, yeah. that you're dealing with here. That you just all that you. I mean, granted, yes, you got the interdivision cost of a first round and a fourth round pick yeah. out of the deal along yeah. with the prospect. And they got Victor Edsel, who's a, Victor, a project. He's a project. He, he's a project forward, and the Preds also get back a fifth round pick in return. Yeah. But we know the percentages on that. But yeah, yeah, I like Hartman in a lineup like in a lineup like Nashville gives. Nashville, like an element that they really, I mean, granted they got to the finals last year with Adam, but like anything, you can't stay, you can't stay still. And I think Hartman is again, good quality scoring touch, um, capable, 20, capable of scoring 20 goals. And he fits perfectly in with a very, a pretty young lineup 
uh, for the Predators. And again, you know, I'm sure at this point now, every time he's going to see the Blackhawks, he's going to be flying around and, um, you know, with pure with a lot of motivation to prove them wrong for 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 moving them. Well, no question. I look, I look at that deal and I, I see a retainable asset in in Hartman who is on on the last year of his entry level deal. And I know that he's you know he's had he's played well in his time in the NHL and he probably would have qualified for you know now he wouldn't have arbitration rights so it would be a it would be a battle to get him signed. But if in the end you'd think that Chicago would probably get him on a bridge deal. Uh, unless they truly didn't like him, and I was puzzled by the rumors of him being available before the deadline. I'm like, why would they? Why would they do that? But um, you know, they probably thought it was going to be too tough to sign him. I, it, it, to me, it's just, it's a statement of how screwed up the Blackhawks' salary situation is with the two, you know, linchpin guys at ten and a half million dollars, and then you know, Sod at six million. It's, I mean, really, it's. It's dragging that team down, and we said, you know, for a few years that guy that you know, in between their cup in '09 and their two straight in the last couple of years, the 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 Penguins had problems reconciling the rest of their roster with the two big salaries of Crosby and Malkin. Well, Chicago, Chicago can't do it either, and it may lead to them trading one of those guys because they simply can't put a team around Kane and Taves anymore. It's totally possible. All right, Mike, you got another uh, one that you want to talk about on the old trade roulette? The one that shocked me was the Stasny deal. And, and yeah. maybe looking at it, I, I shouldn't have been – or looking at it in you know, you know, hindsight, I shouldn't have been shocked because the Blues have been tanking and not tanking like purposely losing, but just going into the tank the last yeah. – Two weeks. They were they had lost six in a row before the deadline. They don't have any goaltending. Jake Allen can't stop a beach ball. They've been relying on Carter Hutton the last like month and a half to to give them decent goaltending. Um, it's it's surprising, you know, since that team was so hot at the beginning of the year. But I think Doug Armstrong came to the realization that they were in a downward trend. You had a you had a center who is probably you weren't going to re-sign because he made he's making seven million dollars and he gets a first round pick. And a, and a good prospect and another draft pick. So I think that was a good move by Armstrong, but a lot of people are, are scratching their head to say, you know, why is St. Louis selling? Yeah, and I, again, I just think they wanted to get something for Stosny, who has been underperforming for them for a couple of seasons. It's good for St. Louis being preemptive. They still could make the playoffs, but they probably looked at it and said, oh, I don't know, Jake Allen's not exactly – done much and now we're riding Carter Hutt and anything could happen let's shore ourselves up some way and, and yeah I think they did and I think that's what they tried to do that's I mean that's basically what they tried to do we also know obviously what the whole strangeness of the Derek Broussard deal which we talked about last week how the Vegas was concerned about Winnipeg adding a center it basically will take a week, ended up taking on forty percent uh, of Broussard's deal, and now, regardless, you know, Winnipeg went out and got their center anyway, and they got Stasny instead. Yeah. So I love the fit of Stasny. The rest, he, again, he's going to be playing in a. He's perfect because he's methodical, yeah. and the wingers that he's likely to play with play at a, a, at an excellent pace. I think it's going to be a real good situation there. Now, for me, the deal that was. We're sticking very quickly with surprising deals. To me, mm-hmm. was the Thomas Tatar, uh, Tatar deal. 
Yeah. Um, and I get why, again, a team like Vegas um, makes that deal because they do have a plethora of picks. Just seemed like a lot for a guy who's at 16 goals and 12 assists for the season. But yeah. for a team like Vegas, um, it, it, you know, he fits certainly, and he's under contract at 5.3 million, I think, till 2021 or so. But mm-hmm. still, first, second, and third round picks was one of those things we were like, huh? <laughs> for, yeah. for a player like him. So that to me was a surprise deal. But then you kind of dig into it and see what that Vegas' situation is, then you get it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so let's um, and then you might as well talk about the uh, the Morozik deal because you know he started yeah, off hot yeah, yesterday. Yeah. You know he lost one, but I I didn't think he it was that big Mar- a deal. Now Morozik, I think is um, again, but again for the Flyers, they were in such they were in a circumstance where they had to pick up a goaltender, and again I think the trade and that's the other thing with regards to the Flyers, and I kept saying to that to people heading up to the deadline when there were names being whispered about hey maybe the Flyers are you know, I'm like. The Flyers' mid-round picks are completely tied up for next season, unless somebody's willing to take on a 2019 pick. That's not, you know, they're not going to be able to make a sizable upgrade when you're when you're trading a conditional fourth rounder that can lance up all the way up to a to a second rounder, and then adding another third rounder the following year if you resign them. I think so far the deal's been a very good one for Philadelphia. They it was, but it was again, it, it was a absolute requirement for them in order to to have a chance of staying in the playoff yeah. race. Um, then, but I think bringing in Johnny Oduya off of um, off of waivers is, is a solid veteran move. He's a six seventh defenseman at this point now. Sure, now that he actually um, could cross the border, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, and again, it gives them a little bit. It puts a little feet to the fire of a Brandon Manning uh, or a uh, Ratko Gudis uh, in the second pairing, in the third pairing. There, that if one of their play their play stays continues to be substandard, then you feel a little more comfortable subbing him in versus, say, Mark Ald, who ended up in Colorado, or as it seems they feel so far that Travis Sanheim is better off getting lots of minutes with the uh, with Lehigh Valley. So in the end, I think I, I like the Morazic deal, I think, is a good one. Personally, there's a chance that if he play, continues to play well, and again, considering Michael Neuvert's injury history, there's a chance here he may have a spot here with the Flyers next season. Well, I think so. I think I think he'll he will get offered something and it's a matter of whether they come to an agreement, but I think they will. I think, I think he'll get tender and I think he'll take it. Uh, Mike, your thoughts. Yeah, I think the Morozik deal was a smart deal. I mean, they really had no choice after the, uh, the injury to Neuvirth. And uh, you know, my opinion on Elliot, even if Elliot was healthy, I think they would have needed a goaltender. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they couldn't go with Lyon. They couldn't uh, dip in to Tukarski. If they wanted to make the playoffs, they needed to make the move. They made the move that the Islanders didn't, and I give right. Ron Hextall credit for it. Yep, no doubt. All right, if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, I, I suggest pausing the show right now. It's a good idea. Because I, I, I see something here that, which is pretty startling and talking about trade victories, and I think right now we could say that with great certainty the Taylor Hall trade was a great win for the Devils. Taylor Hall of the New Jersey Devils, the eighth different player in the last 30 years, since 87-88 to record at least one point in 24 consecutive appearances. Here's some of the guys on that list. Lemieux, Sundin, Iserman, Lemieux, Kane, Patrick Kane, never Evander, Wayne Gretzky, Brett Hall, Sidney Crosby, and now Taylor Hall. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. yeah. Nope. And and let's just say this. 
the last team that I would make a trade with, if I were Peter Shirelli, at any deadline, would be the New Jersey Devils after that deal. Mm-hmm. And, he, and the New Jersey Devils at 255 were the only team to call the Oilers about the availability of Patrick Mar- of Maroon, and they made a deal for a third-round pick and I think a low prospect. So, you know, that, that, that trade is going to eventually get Peter Chiarelli fired because it's been a disaster, but there are a number of other trades that he's made that he's made that have been and signings that have been disasters, but that's going to be the one that's going to be his epitaph when he when he's carrying boxes out of the uh, the Rogers uh, Arena in Edmonton. Yeah. So now, I would say under the heading of, I really don't understand this tweet. I'm not going to say the guy's name, but I'm just going to say the premise of it. You guys are smarter than me. Maybe you could explain it to me. Uh, this tweet basically said what the NHL standings would look like if every team carried over their save percentage from last year, the impact of goaltending can't be underestimated. And I'm thinking, is this guy an Islander fan? Because now it puts the Islanders in the playoffs. Like, I don't understand what this exercise does. You can't do it. It will never happen. What's the point of looking at it? Like, is do, do you guys see any merit in this? Mm. No, um, okay. I'll put a phrase. I, I'm not going to use the phrase. I, I, you know, the phrase I like to use when it comes yeah. to some of these things: mental. Uh, yeah, Jim yeah mental. We'll just go that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's just I, there's certain times where it's like I call that a boo. That that is what we call a boutique stat <laughs> or boutique statistics, which have it's cute, it's interesting, uh, has zero application. <laughs> I agree. There's all oh. kinds of there's all kinds of crap that uh, occupies 280 characters on Twitter. <laughs> all right, here's another one. Now, this one is a positive for the Winnipeg Jets fans. Patrick Laine of the Jets scored twice to move into a tie with Steve Eiserman for six most goals in NHL history by a teenager. So here's this list. Now, this list is interesting. Jimmy Carson, Dale Howardchuk, Wayne Gretzky, Brian Bellows, Cindy Crosby, Steve Eiserman, Patrick Laine. Pretty solid list, though. Yeah. Oh, except yeah. For, Absolutely. Except for yeah, Carson, you, all of them had phenomenal careers. Yeah. Careers. Absolutely. So that's, Absolutely. you know, that's, again, that's a nice telling thing where we all kind of knew Line A would be great. I don't know if any of us knew he'd be this great right away. This like, soon, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, you will all be fair. I remember, I think I remember even saying his first season, what he scored. Did he score 40? No. And, 30-something? Was it 30-something? 30, 34, 35. Right. And I said, I don't think he's going to score 30. I said, I'd be surprised if he scored 30. And he went over 30. Well, I I was predicting for for Austin Matthews he would have Jack Eichel stats, meaning meaning 24, 25 goals. And I thought, you know, that most people would be happy with that. And then he scores 40 goals and 29 assists, and everybody realizes – uh, this guy is special. Let me let me just uh, interject about the about the Leafs trade because uh, oh the Leafs had a trade. Sure, Mike, go ahead, talk about it. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Placanitz deal <laughs> again. Again, it's it's utterly puzzling. This is sort of a middling type of deal where the Leafs again give up a second round pick uh, for an aging veteran center. So they're plugging the fourth line center hole. For a team that is not a not a legitimate top of the line Stanley Cup contender, they would have to get through Boston and or Tampa, which would be a Herculean task to, to say the least. 
I, you know, I think they're a good team. They're showing a lot of improvement. They've, you know, Babcock said uh, today in uh, in Maryland, you know, the team is hard. You know, the, the young kids have been hardened by the loss of the playoffs uh, last year, and they've they learned from it. But learning from it is is great. But the problem is, I don't think your team is as a ta- is as talented as those other two teams. And really, the fourth line center was the least of the of the problems for for them. It was defense and and. As we found out, they were in on McDonough, according to Lou Lamorello, and they fell way short of that. And now Elliot Friedman reports today that they were looking to get a first-round pick because they were sort of under the, cur- uh, under the current uh, trying to make some sort of deal for Eric Carlson. Now, I don't think that was realistic because I can't imagine Ottawa trading Eric Carlson inside their own division, but supposedly Tampa Bay was in it in on it, so maybe they're not going to be so discriminating on who they trade Eric Carlson to. But the whole point is they needed defense. They didn't get it. They wasted another second-round pick on a fourth-line center who will be back in Montreal next year, and I don't get where they're going with this. Okay. That's fair. Totally fair criticism. Oh, Spooner scored a goal now, so he's got seven yeah, points. Yeah, I was about to point that out to you earlier. Yeah, Spooner's <laughs> up seven points. Point. Wasn't it bad? It was a, yeah. Salary drive. Salary drive. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, at this point, you're happy to pay them. I mean, all right, so now, Carolina Hurricanes, last night when they beat the Flyers, I was in the locker room and Justin Williams was interviewing. And, of course, you know, he got drafted by the Flyers and his wife's family's from the area. And after you get past all those niceties, he um, he really seemed to, to just talk about how this team just has been talking about getting on a roll and that's all they need to do. And if they can do that, they believe they're, you know, they can make it, and you know Cam Ward had a fantastic game. I'm pretty sure they went with him again tonight. I'd be shocked if they didn't. And here, lo and behold, they win three one. You know, right now the Jackets are knotted up at one at one one with the uh, with Anaheim. And I, you know, if Carolina, you know, Jordan Stahl coming back certainly solidified them. They still got a chance. They're still breathing. No, they got some horses there. It's just a matter of getting them all sort of pulling in the right direction. I still remember earlier in the year seeing some of the interviews with Bill Peters, and he looked like he was ready to tear his hair out at times, yeah. just <laughs> trying to kind of coax coax what is a, what I think is a very good, talented young lineup, but basically just needed a need, needed a good swift kick in the ass to, to move themselves to move themselves up the ladder, and they seem to be motivated. And again, I think part of it also was the uncertainty in net earlier in the season too with the Scott Darling experiment just completely just not working for, you know, and then they kind of out, I think they kind of outsmarted themselves uh, in overrating Darling. I know there's a lot of people who looked at some of the advanced numbers on Darling in Chicago, but, you know, I think they thought they, they saw, I think they would think they were seeing something that really, it it wasn't, that wasn't there with him. I mean, I'm not going to say he doesn't, doesn't have the chance to really, to, to still, be a good goaltender in the National Hockey League as a starter. It's just, I just feel like it's a bridge too far with him. So, again, getting back to them, though, a lot of talent, especially the, some of the guys I love on their blue line. Um, Hannafin, obviously, one of them. But uh, I think Hayden Flurry's starting to come along as well. He uh, is. I was watching year. him intensely last night. He looked big. pretty good. And that's big for them because Flurry, again, there's been some questions, obviously, about the Flurry pick but uh, from some circles. But I, I liked him. And I think uh, overall with him, Lindholm, and a bunch of others on that there, they have the capability. It's just they have to really just kind of go all out here in, in, in March to try to secure things. Yeah, Mike Cam Ward did get that win. 
he did get the win, and you know they're tied with Columbus right now, depending on what uh, happens with uh, Columbus on the uh, coast. I think they're playing Anaheim. Um, but the team that right now I mean, has the advantage is Florida. They beat the hapless Sabres tonight. They're yeah. they're at 68 points. and they With nobody points. in the stands. You want to talk about an empty yeah, place. Yeah, oh, please. I, 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 yeah, I, I, don't, I don't care how much, you know, their money they're getting from, you know, yeah, the subsidies. Yeah. It's, it's ugly, and, you know, Gary Bettman has to do something with that organization, if it keep if they keep getting five and six thousand fans a night, you know I, they don't even sell out when it gets when they when that team gets to the playoffs. It's the hardest camera work in the league. Like if you're the cameraman for that, you're you're trying desperately to show people and the tight camera angles on that on that game, and it's yeah. funny. Like it's embarrassing. It, yeah, it's, 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 it's embarrassing. unavoidable. It really but, is unavoidable. But but the Carolina, I mean, the one thing that you know, I, I love their defense. I love the depth of their young defense. You know, obviously Ward has stepped up and has uh, picked up the ball from from Darling. But the thing is, I think that the, the thing that's going to end up killing them is they have 174 goals for so far this year. They just simply can't score enough. Well, I mean, Williams has scored two nights in a row, Taravine in two nights in a row. Maybe they're going to catch a little fire. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And I, I I like that team, and I like I like Bill Peters as a coach. But I'm just saying, I think that's been that that their Achilles heel from the beginning of the year. And at a certain point, Ron Francis is gonna is gonna have to say, well, we've got a boatload of defensemen. We're gonna have to trade one of them to get some scoring because unless he does it, I don't think this team is gonna go far. Yeah, I, I you know I don't know. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on him yet, <clears throat> Justin Williams. Is a guy that can convince me based on his uh, his past performances. So we'll we'll see. I mean, it'll be interesting. I don't know if I have anything else for tonight. I admit that um, with the bad weather and everything else, I gotta hightail it out in the morning for. Well, not in the morning. I do, morning. I do have one. I have one sure. additional thing, and it is not NHL related. It's um, quite a wild game in the American Hockey League tonight uh, okay. between the Hershey Bears and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. The Bears were leading the Phantoms five to one at the end of the first period. Final score: Phantoms seven, Bears six. Wow! It was a wild uh, comeback uh, started by Nick Albay Cabell, who started the comeback and had about three points in the game. Good for him. Uh, impressive, uh, impressive night for the Phantoms that come back. All four goaltenders were used in this game. Wow! Vanacek started. Copley had to come in for him. Hughes was in. Tokarski was in. It was uh, it was a bit of it was a bit of a wild one. Uh, obviously, a PPL center tonight in uh, in Lehigh. So the uh, yeah, the Phantoms uh, with a crazy win over the uh, over the cross state rival Bears. All right, a shootout in Allentown. I like it. Yeah, not a shoot. Remember, I, I just said shoot out. Remember, that's I, I don't get crazy, yeah. people. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't get crazy. All right. Anyhow, but that's that's a great outcome. It's an interesting one, um, and and it's it's actually kind of hard to do against Hershey too, because Copley and and Vanek yeah. are two pretty good goalies. I mean, that yeah. they lit them up. Absolutely. All right. That's going to be it right. for, for Off the Post. We will catch everybody next time. Take care, everybody. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.